Welcome to Choate's Post Roe v. Wade podcast series, hosted by a multidisciplinary team of attorneys discussing the potential Supreme Court overturn of Roe v. Wade and its impact on employers, professionals, healthcare providers, data and privacy service providers, educational institutions, and investors. Hi, I'm Macy Russell, a partner in the firm's commercial litigation practice group. Joining me are my partners, Mark Cahill and Justin Wallace. If the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade in the Dobbs case, what are the potential litigation risks for businesses and corporations, as well as their officers and directors? The risk of litigation, taking action or not taking action to insist employees in restrictive states to obtain reproductive health care services elsewhere? What are the civil and criminal litigation risks that companies need to consider? Justin, uh, can you talk about some of the initial steps we think employers need to consider in an attempt to reduce the likelihood of an enforcement action if Roe is overruled? Sure. Uh, And thanks, Macy. So for a company that has employees in restricted states, you know, at a minimum, you want to understand if your policies and benefits violate an applicable statute and then take action that you deem appropriate in response to that statute. And in thinking about that, you really need to take into account a few things. First, the text of the specific statutes, which will vary. You know, for example, in Oklahoma, when it's effective, it will prohibit abortions anytime after fertilization. But the Texas Heartbeat Act, alternatively, which is currently in force, prohibits abortions after a heartbeat is detected. And then Texas also has a trigger statute that will take effect if Roe versus Wade is overturned. The statutes also have different exceptions, you know, some for rape, some for incest, some for health of the pregnant person. And so the, the text can vary, and it's important to take that into account. Another thing that's important are the trigger dates. You know, is this something that's already in force, like the Texas Heartbeat Act, or is this a prohibition that takes effect the moment a Supreme Court opinion comes down overturning Roe versus Wade, like South Dakota? Or is it one of the statutes that will be phased in sometime after, like Tennessee, which kicks in 30 days after an opinion overturning Roe? So you want to keep an eye on the various statutes that matter to your company um, so that you can take the appropriate action in the appropriate location. And then the other related issue is the insurance component. There could be benefits that apply that are offered by a health insurer. And so you'll need to coordinate and structure any changes with the insurer. And remember that insurance companies themselves could have a view. Any failure to comply with the laws could result in enforcement litigation. And in that regard, it's important to consider that some states may begin to enforce aggressively and quickly. And even an enforcement investigation or the litigation itself can bring with it business disruption and cost. Think about subpoenas or civil investigative demands for documents and for electronic discovery. Um, Think about requests to speak with witnesses. Think about depositions. And all that is just the process. In some cases, at the end, if there's a penalty, they can be criminal and they can be severe. The possibility of private citizen suits may increase the likelihood of immediate enforcement action. We saw that the Texas heartbeat law now in effect allows private citizens who believe they've identified a violation of a statute to bring a civil lawsuit. And then in addition to civil litigation and and enforcement actions, consider whether states might be able to take some other action that could result in litigation. For example, When Citigroup announced that it was going to provide a travel benefit to its employees in restricted states, uh, a Texas state representative threatened to introduce legislation to prevent Citi from underwriting Texas municipal bonds. If states attempt 
these kinds of actions against your company, you may need to consider filing a suit or an administrative appeal, depending on how the decision is made, to challenge the action, which can also be additional litigation. Um, Mark, there's been a lot in the news about some companies offering the kinds of travel benefits that I just mentioned or other alternatives to employees in states that are expected to restrict abortion. Can you talk a bit about some of the litigation risks that we've been thinking about with that kind of approach? Of course, Justin. As you mentioned, there are a number of large companies who have announced new policies uh, or expanded existing policies to assist employees and staff members with abortion-related health needs. Uh, These are big companies, companies that most people have heard about, like Citigroup like Tesla, like Microsoft, like Starbucks and others. And the nature of the programs that they have announced really fall into uh, the bucket of providing either reimbursement or other coverage for travel expenses for employees and family members who need to travel out of state in order to obtain reproductive health services, including abortions. And while most of the benefits are currently falling into that structure, Uh, There may be other structures that will come up, but the thing that the companies need to consider is uh, even though the structure may appear to be benign uh, and equal on its face, those companies need to consider at this stage two important risks. One is whether they might be subjecting themselves to liability under existing and proposed aiding and abetting laws. For example, you mentioned in Texas, uh, there are aiding and abetting components to the laws that permit private citizens uh, to pursue, in this case, any person who aids and abets someone in their violation of the statute. Uh, In other jurisdictions, most notably and most recently, I believe, in Missouri, Uh, legislation has been proposed which would allow private citizens to sue anyone, including a company, who helps a Missouri resident obtain an abortion out of state. And so what will helping an employee to obtain an abortion out of state be comprised of? Will providing travel reimbursement constitute assisting someone in getting an abortion? Who knows? It's a very risky proposition at this stage because of the novelty of these laws and because of the fact that no one really knows the extent to which the states and or public citizens within the states may try to avail themselves of the enforcement uh, remedies and the potential for excessive damages is certainly something that companies need to be in mind. If extraterritorial enforcement actions uh, are brought, there will be a number of litigation issues and constitutional challenges based on the First Amendment, Commerce Clause, the Privileges and Immunities Clause, principles of federalism, and others. And as is always the case, it will be important for companies to study the text of the statutes as they are enacted in particular states and to follow the legal developments and the practical developments to see uh, what the real litigation risks may be. Macy, in addition to aiding and abetting litigation risks, could you talk a little bit about some of the other potential litigation that employers might want to anticipate? 
Thank you, Mark. So at a high level, a question that has to be asked is, can you do something indirectly uh, that you cannot do directly? Uh, So for example, Amazon has reported that its travel benefits will apply not only to abortion services, but also to any procedure that is not available uh, in the state of residence. We might want to consider whether that kind of structure would make an enforcement challenge less likely, or would it make it less likely that a company would face a challenge of discrimination. There are some unique statutes being proposed that you might consider. For example, the Rubio bill in Florida that attempts to make benefits not tax deductible. Can such a statute, if enacted, be challenged? We also need to consider the confidentiality of employees to wish to avail themselves of new benefits while preserving their privacy rights. And ultimately, is any of this activity uh, protected by the attorney-client privilege? So in closing, uh, you'll see that there are a lot of questions that remain about what litigation will follow if the Supreme Court decision remains as it appears in the leaked draft, uh, that row will be overturned. The one thing is certain, though, is that there will be litigation and probably a lot of it. Thank you so much for joining our podcast. If you have any questions, please feel free to look us up. Thank you. For more information, please visit www.chote.com. You can also listen to additional podcast episodes in the newsroom of our website and subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. The information presented in this recording is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice for a specific situation. If you wish to obtain legal advice, you should retain an attorney and explain the facts of your particular situation.